Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We have been in a discipleship series, and it has been transformative not just for those who reached out to me, but for myself as well. This is a series that started out as a series to start the year, and here I am halfway through the year and I'm still going. It's been truly a blessing to go through this because it just reminds us of the essentials of the Christian faith. It reminds us about how our salvation is by grace through faith in Christ plus nothing, how grace is free, but discipleship will cost you everything. And it kind of speaks to the state of the church, local and universal, that I think that people are finding themselves struggling, they're finding themselves disillusioned, but yet there is hope and there is peace and there's purpose in the Christian life and in our faith. And so getting back to the basics has really helped us. For example, if you're finding yourself flat-footed and off balance as this world changes repeatedly and constantly, being grounded in something that does not change and is everlasting, gives us the stability and the courage to live in a Christ-life manner, regardless of what happens around us. There may be consequences for that, but when you're walking with Christ, those consequences do not seem to be a big deal, and they don't define us. In fact, it helps us influence and transform the lives of people around us. I did what I planned to be a three-episode arc. I'm going to extend it just a little bit because my first week was, who, me, a disciple? We talked about, yes, everyone is called to be a disciple. Christ tells us to pick up our cross daily and follow him. This is not a simple process. This is not an easy process, but it is the most meaningful thing that we will do. It is something that will give our lives purpose and meaning as we move through, and sometimes even when we don't understand. For many of us, we get caught up in external affirmations such as money or success or notoriety or social media likes. That's not always in the cards for someone who's walking in faith. There have been people in my life that inspire me that have literally given all of that up to go on the mission field. They are living a life of significance and purpose and fulfillment that would not make any sense to anybody else. But in their particular context, they're walking in their discipleship journey and they wouldn't change a thing. Others are just trying to live as godly people, as they say, bloom where they're planted, in their families, in their communities, in their towns, at their jobs. Next week, we're going to talk about living on mission and how we went from thinking that missions were something that takes place far, far away to something that happens pretty much anywhere we are. And I'm looking forward to that conversation. But today, I wanted to move on. We had talked about who, me, a disciple? Yes, you. Pick up your cross and follow him. Last week, we started with, who me, a disciple maker? If you're like me, someone who probably throughout my life has had imposter syndrome, feelings of unworthiness, there's that moment in life where you kind of realize, no, God is calling me to do this. And he's calling me to get out of my comfort zone. And he's calling me to do something that I'm not sure I can do. What's good about that is, as I read the Bible, I'm in very good company. Moses going to Egypt Paul, Peter, there are so many people in the Bible that were unworthy and unqualified, but God qualified them. 
And today we're going to talk about some of the qualities of the person who's going to be a discipler. Last week we talked about how the transformation that happens in our lives points to God. In some cases, it's the fact that God has transformed you is one of the things that really can be appealing and attractive to people that want to grow in their faith because they see the way that God has transformed your life. And they say, if God can do that in your life, he can do that in mine. Of course, we're looking for people that not just anyone needs to be a disciple maker, that you must first be a disciple. There's a process that you go through. You need to be someone who understands spiritual disciplines, such as prayer, fasting, scripture memory. You need to be consistent in your faith. You need to be consistent in your walk. And I think that there are moments where we have to make sure that we put those accountabilities in our life so that we can continue to live in victory and live in power through the empowerment of God. And there are times that we have to sometimes step away and take care of ourselves because having just an external persona is not good enough. We have to be able to be exhibiting the qualities of a disciple to then disciple others. In previous episodes, I do like the multi-tiered model that as you are discipling somebody else, you should also be a disciple and someone else needs to be pouring into you. There are no Lone Ranger Christians, and we need to make sure that we are accountable to someone and that we have people that we can speak to and confess to and walk with and so that we can be effective in this. I think the biggest reason that people don't disciple others is, first of all, we have a lack of people who are, who've been equipped, who've been discipled, and second of all, we have people who feel unworthy, and there are times that people have aspects of their life where they need to step away from ministry get healthy, and then get back in and be honest about that and be real with that. In the pastoral epistles, there are expectations of elders who need to have their affairs in order. They need to be financially strong, need to have their families taken care of. And we're going to talk about that next week. In talking to someone who's thinking about discipling someone, we're going to talk about the need to be ready and be imitators of Christ first and foremost. And as we do that, it's going to open up opportunities for us to then invest in others. Because we don't want to reproduce ourselves. We want to reproduce Christ as best we can. That means that sometimes our disciples are not going to always look like us. I always get a little bit concerned when a disciple is a clone of their discipler. You can't help but be influenced. But when someone literally speaks and dresses and acts like the person that's discipling them, that's not always healthy. We should not always reflect our discipler. We should be reflecting Christ. What does our character look like? Are we patient? Are we kind? Are we gentle? Are we godly? Those are the marks of the disciple as opposed to someone who just projects a certain image or a certain brand. So as we dig in today, I decided to extend this who me, a disciple maker, for one more week before we dig into who to disciple because I just felt like there was some unfinished business from our last episode. Today, I'll be in Bill Hull's The Complete Book of Discipleship, where he talks about, in selecting leaders, he talked about four specific traits of a disciple maker. He talks about character, I think that goes without saying. He says that there's character that's basic to leadership, such as Mark 3, 13 and 14, Acts 6, 1 through 7, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 16, and Titus 1. You have to have some character. You can't have someone who's living the antithesis of what the Bible says and yet claiming to be a disciple maker. 
And frankly, I think that there's been some issues where there's been people in faith who've gone through a crisis. You know, I'd ask people very kindly, beware of people who are, you know, quote unquote, deconstructing their faith. Those are people who probably need to pull themselves aside and figure themselves out before they start trying to pour into others, because that's not appropriate. Bill Hull says, suitability, he says, there's something about watching people be bad at something they love. <laughs> For example, he talks about golf courses with people who love it, and they're just terrible at it. That's not to say that you can kind of claim the suitability card and excuse yourself from being a discipler. It needs that you need to craft it. And maybe you're not designed to be a group leader or a pastor or a preacher, but friend, you can disciple your family and you can disciple your friends. You can be that influence in the lives of those around you without it being in a feeling like an official relationship. Maybe you're introverted. Maybe this is uncomfortable for you. But sitting across from someone and just talking about the Bible and talking about themselves is something that you can feel confident in doing. Your sphere of influence is going to be different than others, which leads us to availability. I have a saying that says the first ability is availability. If you're unavailable, you can be the most talented, most gifted, most charismatic person in the world. But if you're not available, that doesn't do anybody any good. And in fact, I think that's where we get bottleneck in the church, where everyone wants a piece of the pastor or the pastoral staff or other leaders. And it's easy to bottleneck and crush that person underneath those expectations because one person cannot disciple a one-on-one -on -one hundreds, if not thousands of people. That's why we need the multiplication that happens in our churches to where a disciple makes a disciple makes a disciple. That congregation of ordinary people is making a bigger influence in the life of that community than even their pastor. But you have to be available. The next disciple-making quality was faithfulness. You can't be hit and miss. People are busy. And as hard as it is to find someone, to disciple someone, to find that bandwidth to do that, people are only going to show up once or twice if you miss and they're not going to keep coming if you're not faithful in that endeavor because it's going to communicate to them that they're not a priority. Second Timothy 2.2 says, The things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And so for those who desire to teach, desire to equip, desire to lead, we have to be faithful because the gospel has been entrusted to us. There should be some level of multiplication that as you're discipling somebody, you're not just signing yourself up to basically be there all the time for the rest of this person's life. I mean, hopefully you'll keep that relationship. But the idea is eventually they're going to get to the point where they feel comfortable discipling somebody else and taking them under their wing and growing in their competencies. Now, keep in mind when we talk about faithfulness, that does not have to be a one-way street either way. Uh, that should be something that you mutually agree upon. It's appropriate to sit down and define the terms and schedule of a discipleship relationship. It's fine for you to understand that we're going to meet at this time, we're going to go through this particular curriculum or this particular book of the Bible, here are the things that we hope to accomplish, and here's the growth pattern that we want to see in the lives of, frankly, both of you. We want to see growth in the life of the person being discipled, that they're going to grow in their spiritual disciplines and, and literacy at the Bible and godliness, and also the competencies of the discipler. As that person becomes more and more confident 
in leading somebody in a discipleship process. Bill Hull also mentioned the seeker, the starter, the struggler, the stagnant, and the stable. The seeker is someone is checking out church. Starter is someone who is just begun. The struggler because they have some doubt. Stagnant is someone who just kind of got into the church. And that's what we have a whole lot of in our churches right now. They've been kind of stuck in the same spot and rut for a long time, and they're not growing. And then stable, that's kind of the progression that we're talking about when we're moving into a situation where we can have people discipling others and multiplication happening. Friend, today I want you to understand that God is calling us. This has been important. John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, friend, the most loving thing you can do is share the gospel with someone. The most loving thing you can do is take that person on as a disciple. And we as a church body need to love one another, support each other, sometimes call each other to accountability, and I understand that. But at the same time, I think that we're in need of people willing to take on others in the discipleship process, to commit to grow themselves and to inspire those around them. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to pray and ask God to prepare you to be a disciple maker, to put people in your path, and to help you work out whatever barrier or obstacle that is in your life that is preventing you from, first of all, being a disciple, but also then being a disciple maker. Ask that God will remove that and that he will be able to use you in a powerful and meaningful way. Friend, we're out of time, and I'm so glad I worked this one in because I felt like there was some unfinished business from last week, but next week we're gonna talk about who do I disciple? And I'm looking forward to that conversation. I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.